What up? What up? What up? What up? What's going on? We back. Ooh. We are back. Coach Handy here. Coach Scott. Coach Lang in the building. All right, we have another episode for everybody. Um, today's episode um, is going to deal with handling adversity and what was the other one? Handling criticism. Handling and building criticism. Core values. Handling criticism and building core values. Um, this is a very, very, very interesting topic, um, especially for young coaches um, getting into the coaching game. Um, the importance of understanding how much criticism comes with being a coach and how to handle it. Because uh, when you're a young coach, and I can attest to this as a young coach, you're going to have people talk about you whether you're doing good or whether you're doing bad. And now nowadays with social media and as heavy as social media is and people going live on Facebook, Instagram, oh, Snapchat, whatever, the, the, you know, TikTok, whatever the case may be, they're going to talk about you, yep. you know, yeah, and understand every action has a reaction, yep. you know, and your reaction is going to be the most important thing in the world. Um, so understanding how to deal with, you know, adversity and criticism is the most important thing. Um, so we'll get started with this first topic. Hey, man, let them criticize. You know, hey, I remember a <laughs> funny story, uh, you know, in the light of the whole social media aspect, you know, some guy just blasted me on social media. Who is this guy? Get him out of here. And, you know, me being all emotional. It's, I go ahead and respond. <laughs> and it just started the whole, you supposed to be a head coach, you know, <laughs> how you respond. So I had to learn right away. When it, it's funny, one of, my, one of my APs, he he instantly called me when he saw it. Yo, 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 take that down. You know, you got to have more thick skin, let the people talk, let them do what they do. Um, I had the opportunity to coach in one of the hardest towns to coach in. So if you can't handle criticism in this town, you can't handle criticism anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, you can be up 60, they're going to criticize you. You can be <laughs> down 100, they're, gonna, they're definitely going to criticize you. You can be a 10-win season, they're going to criticize you. It don't matter what's going on, you're going to get criticized. It's and the rea- reality is you have to have thick skin. You have to have some thick skin. You're going to have to vent to your significant other, hmm. take that stuff home, and keep your mouth shut, smile, grin, and bear it, because it's going to come. And if you show that it's getting to you, it's gonna keep going. Yep. And every uh, time. You know what? The, uh, what I found is okay. I, I like I'm like a reverse motivation type of guy. So like those same people that was criticized, I kept them receipts now. Hmm. That, <laughs> <laughs> that point. I, I kept them receipts now. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what was said? <laughs> what was said now? Okay, mm-hmm. good. And I think uh, we we won that championship. I went on like a 15, 20 minute rant on a lot. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> definitely did. Put some respect to my. What's And uh, but you know, flaunting the trophy and everything. Put the trophy in. <laughs> nah, but just all jokes aside, man. You know, um, criticism is is in, it's inevitable, no matter where you know in this opinionated society that we have, mm-hmm. and constitutional right to speak your own whatever you want to do and say. It's going to be criticism from your administrators. It's going to be criticism from teachers. It's going to be criticism from student athletes and players. And it's even now getting to the point now because the way of the way of sports is growing, your own players will criticize you mm. immediately, right away. This ain't this immediately. System, this ain't working. What are we going to do? You know, yep. and it's like you yep. got to be able to. If it ain't working, 
the kid is going to tell you it ain't working. Mm. How do y'all deal with that? How do you deal with a player? Let's start there first. How do <laughs> you deal with a player that's criticizing your system right now? That's interesting. It's 2023 um, Miami. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nowadays, again, um, because everything factors in, parents factor in, trainers factor in, community factor in, you know, you have that kid that was all world on their youth program. Hmm. Now he's in your program, he or she, you know, they're in your program, and you got three kids that can do the same thing they do. So now this same kid is criticizing what you're doing offensively or defensively or special teams-wise, whatever the case may be, and it's, this ain't working. This ain't this, ain't that. This ain't this. Okay, cool. You ain't playing. But then when you don't play that kid, what happens from there? Now here comes the backlash. You got mom, dad, uncle, cousin, grandma, all on social media. This coach don't know what he doing. Who does he think he is? He ain't even that good. But they'll say all of that, and you just won fifty-eight to two, or fifty-eight nothing, or you or in a basketball game you just won by thirty against a team you're supposed to lose to. They don't see that part. They just seen the fact that Jeremy didn't play, you know, and he's being disciplined because he's being picked on. Like, like even th- even on that notion, when a parent say he's got favorites. <laughs> Parents, I'm yes, going to tell do. you this right now. Yes, we do. Yes. Every coach has a favorite. And yep. you know who those that that coach's favorite is? The kid that shows up every day, the most bust their tail, mm-hmm. they don't miss practice, they do everything that's asked of them, and they don't complain. Yes, that is my favorite. And he could be the best player on the team. He can be the worst player on the team. But that is the coach's favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it goes back to what we, what we discussed in a previous episode where – Putting it all, put all the cards on the table. On the table. Parents, I do have favorites. You know who it is? You make it funny. Uh, the most productive. Mm-hmm. The most productive mm-hmm. in the classroom. That's my favorite. The least one. The one that's not complaining about playing time. That's my favorite. Yep. Yes, I do have favorites because all coaches have favorites. But ultimately, hey, mom, dad, uh, hey, player, listen, we're not, let's just agree that my calls, my system, everything's, we're not going to always going to agree. There's not, gonna, there's not a perfect call for every situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make some bad calls. Yep. But can you as a coach, Admit to your player. I've done this countless times. Yes. Especially during a timeout. Coach, what the why why listen? Messed up. Mm-hmm. That was a bad call. Let's, let's move on to the next. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, but in the film session, you can rip a kid, but can you take the ownership and say, yo, it was a bad, this is a bad series, this on me. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can take the ownership and not be like, I'm you do this because I told you to do it. Because this generation that I told you so this ain't the I told you so generation, it ain't gonna work. If the system ain't working, they jumping in the portal, they leaving right away. Mm-hmm. So you better still study. But at the same time, if you can, you take ownership when you are a coach and you're sucking. Yes, Man, when you suck as a coach, true. can you take ownership of it? And that's I can, so and I can say, say, I can attest to that as a coordinator. Um, <laughs> I, I'll never forget the one year uh, we was at Woodrow Wilson, which is now Eastside High School. Um, we were playing. It was an away game. I do remember that. Uh, it might have been Manchester Township. Um, very high scoring game and there was one drive I, I made an I made the absolutely worst call I could have ever made as a coordinator. I mean we ran a play and I and I remember the play to this day. We ran a screen to the overhang and he tattooed my receiver. I mean and when I say tattooed him, I'm like, I hope this kid get up. You know? And then we got in a film session that 
we got to that part, the kids was like, hey, coach, I said, before y'all say nothing, this is on me. I said, this ain't on y'all. This is me. I made a mistake. I looked at that kid and I said, I apologize. I said, because I put you in a situation that could have gotten you injured. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, as a coach, when you can own up to that ownership, you know, that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, even 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 playing football in high school or in college or in semi-pro, rough touch, whatever it is, um, you know, when you can own up to a mistake that you made, you know, I, I, I remember playing in the touch league one year. I made a pass to my cousin. I kind of hung him out to dry. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> and now, mind you, it's a touch league, but they call it rough touch, meaning, you know, you could shoulder a dude out of the air. And I left my cousin hanging out to dry, and he took a shot, you know. And immediately I walked over. I said, cuz, that's my fault. You know, I, I said, I, I did not mean to do that. You know, I, and again, it, it's still the ownership part. But like Coach Scott said, can you take ownership? of your mistake before you fully criticize any other kid. I think that ownership thing is the key, though, man, because Kenny, you asked the question about what do you do when a player gets critical of your philosophy or your play call and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And I think that's more dangerous than a parent or those coaches that's in the stands coaching. Everybody think they can coach. Like, you can't have rabbit ears when you coach, man. You just wave them off. But when your player is criticizing your program, mm-hmm. that's more dangerous because you got to think of it like like when you have termites in your house, you don't see them. <laughs> like they, but they making all this damage, man. Right, <laughs> like de- right, Destroying right. the foundation of your house. And it's the same thing with a critical player, man. You might not even hear it, see mm. it, nothing. But they slowly deteriorate in your program, man. When they, yep. all that little white noise, man, coaching all you doing. Man, this place sucks. Yo, why he call that? But when you take ownership of your mistakes, when you made a bad call, bad play, that trickles down, man. Now your players, they're not going to criticize you because they know, like, when coach do something wrong, he's going to take ownership of it and take that blame. Yep. So he's not going to just put it all on us. So now your, your player, when he makes a mistake, they should be imp- imp- doing the same thing that you did. Coach, my bad. I ain't set that screen that you told me to set. Oh, I went the wrong way. It ain't mm-hmm. nothing worse when you draw up a play in a timeout, come out in a timeout, and he goes the wrong way. And you <laughs> scream on him for that. We just had a timeout. We just drew it up on the thing, and oh, now we go man. out there, and you don't run the play. Ain't nothing worse than that for a coach. That's the worst. The worst feeling ever. But you gotta, your players got to take ownership of that. He should be coming over, my bad, coach. That's my fault. And we, when you do the same thing, when we tell players, my bad, guys. I remember I got a tech, man. We was in the playoffs against Mainland, second round. Highland. It was a bogus tech, but the guy had just warned me. He said, yo, coach, like, you're coming out the box. You're coming out the box. Man, I went out the box to call a game. We down two points, like two minutes left. This dude gives me a tech in the playoffs, bro. Mm. And then not even just that. He tells me, now you got to sit down the rest of the game. I didn't right. even know that rule because that's right. the first time I got a tech. That's, I, I you gotta that's sit only in down. New Jersey. Really? That is only a Jersey rule. That's yes. the most childish, demeaning <laughs> rule I've ever they seen. Call it the seatbelt rule. You right? tell me now you gotta sit there, you gotta sit down because yes, you that get is out only the seat, New Jersey. kicked out. So not only did they go up four, then they got the ball back, hit a three, went up seven. Yep. Over. So when as soon as we got in the locker room, I went to my team. I said, My bad, I crossed this rule. He mm-hmm. just told me I'm coming out the box, even though I was calling a play. Make because it was loud. You you know, if you play in mainland, it's loud. It's and it's 
So it was I'm, at mainland? I'm, yeah, so oh, I'm going out shoebox. and I'm like, yo, we running this because you got to scream. You yep. know what I mean? So, and a guy turns around and he gives me a tech. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> like, but I took accountability. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what you got to do, man. And when your players see that, like, wow, you know, coach took accountability for that. He took ownership of the mistake. That stuff trickles down. Yeah, and 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 I can attest to that because we had the same situation when I uh, played mainland in the playoffs, where we were so focused on Kylie Watson mm. that their point guard, she couldn't dribble with either hand, mm. to be honest. And as a coach, when you're in a playoff game, in a situation like that, what's the best thing when when that kid's handling the ball? What's the best thing to do? Let's double team, get the ball out of their hand, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. So then when I go back and I looked at the film and I did my own self-scout, mm. I'm like, dang, I cost us that game. Because all we had to do was do this, get the ball out of hand. We could have got at least six easy points. We lost that game by seven. So we we get something where we have her turn the ball over. They lose three possessions. Mm. Now that's six to potentially nine points they don't get. And it's six to potentially nine points that we possibly get completely changed the game. You know, so like again, it taking that ownership is the more important thing than anything. Yep. So yeah, um yeah, is that it for that topic or you got some more, Coach Scott? No, nah, I mean <laughs> it's no, nah, I'm pretty good on that topic, man. We can move on to the next one. Just in terms of the only thing I would say with this with handling the criticism is just um be able to see other perspectives. Other than just yours. Yes. Your perspective is not the be all end all. You're dealing with parents that actually played the sport. Yeah. And they know what it looks like. So if you're dealing with a parent, you just can't. Some parents, you you, you can do what you want. And say, say, you can just, some of the single mothers don't really know, but you got to win that single mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking specifically from the minority community because we see a lot more single parents in the minority community. You got to win over the single mother. All she care about is if her son is going to win yep. and win. Do this. So how do you win the single mother over? How, she don't understand the game, so how are you educate her? Mm-hmm. Right. Then you got to win over the the way too invasive dad that played was an all star <laughs> in high school. <laughs> And oh, the hometown you, hero? The hometown hero okay. that actually okay. has a son that's actually somewhat good. Mm-hmm. And you got to win over him. And then you also got to win over the dad that maybe have definitely played the sport <laughs> and knows what the heck is going on. Right, absolutely. You know, um, you got to find a way. You got to find a way to make them your allies. And even from, a, from an administrative standpoint, um, you got to be able to deal with that criticism as well from a way that is concise you know, keep it. Don't 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 be that guy that's gonna make it seem like you push it back against every single thing. Um, let them share their piece. Okay, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate your insight. Walk away. Find out what's valid. If it's find out, identify what's valid. Identify what's not valid, and let's move on. One thing I say before we move on. The one thing I always tell young coaches: don't ever tolerate. And I never tolerated this. Is when a player is on the court. And a parent is trying to coach him in his stance, oh. and they are actually look over oh. at their parent and listen oh. to him, or a co or AU coach or something. Don't ever let that take place. And I used to tell my players, if I ever see you look over at the crowd and somebody is coaching you, you and you listen to them, you are out. coming out the game. Out. Mm-hmm. Like don't ever allow that to happen, man. Because you, if it's in the middle of a game and you are the coach and you're coaching that player, you cannot have outside noise. People tell me, yo, you should shoot the ball. Yo, when you get the ball, do this, do that. Yo, and they over there entertaining yep. it. 
Why are you trying to talk to your players? You got a player on the other side talking to a, a parent a or parent. an old coach. Like, don't ever tolerate that I benched my leading scorer last year doing that. Ever. That's, that's you one know, thing like I wanted to add in there. Her AAU coach was at the game, mm. and I forgot who we were playing. It was a, it was a home game, and I pulled her out. I put her right on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, after the game, you know, I'm talking to mom, and he comes over, and I'm like, hey, listen. I said, I get you with her AAU coach, but um, I need you to understand something. This is my program. Mm-hmm. This ain't yours. Like, you can't tell her what to do because you have no clue what my system is. Yep. Maybe I have her playing off the ball for a reason. You know, so, no, I, I definitely agree with you with that. You know, that them outside voices, outside noises, man, that stuff is not good for your program. It's cancerous. Yep. hate to say it, it's cancerous. But it keeps showing your souls, too. It do. It's, it there do. is some good there. There it is, is some good to yes. it. Because, you know, you, you know if, you're, if you're friends with everybody in the community and everybody's like, hey, mm-hmm. nah, there's some superficialness going on there. Right. <laughs> but yeah. but even, like you said, it is good because it also allows you to do a little self-evaluating. 100%. You know, okay, cool. The administrators, like, they don't know about that sport. They yep. know, hey, okay, okay, cool. But <laughs> them fans in the stands, <laughs> That's your true litmus test of how you doing. Hands down. That's your litmus test. So uh, with that, we're going to move into the next topic, um, which is your core values. Core values, yeah. You know, building your core values. So, you know, when looking at building your core values, what are you building your program on? What's the foundation that you're building your program on? At the risk of being cliche, you you want to create that family environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to create an environment that's competitive, that's mental toughness. Um, you know, you want your you want your players to be resilient. You want your players to be tough. Um, uh, you want your players to to be knowledgeable. Uh, you know, all those things are important. Um, you know, and whatever way it says, we've even you've heard you heard family trust chop. You've heard mm-hmm. uh, all these different you know forget about me, I love you type acronyms. But really, you're trying to create an environment that is cohesive for you to achieve the ultimate goal. Uh, none of us get into the sport to say, I want to lose a whole bunch of games. Right. <laughs> so uh, we're fact. fooling ourselves. So, you you know, whatever's going to whatever's gonna facilitate winning, what does winning look like for you? Are you in it for the long game to make sure that, like for me, for instance, I wanted to be the most competitive, hardworking team in the state. I wanted to be identified as one of those teams. Yeah. Absolutely. So that meant that that had to – that that whole embodiment had to be from the start to the finish, classroom to the practice field. It had to be competitive. We had everything we do from the weight room. Everything about what we had to do was competitive because then it made us more competitive on the football field. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, for me, with you know, with being at Winslow with my girls' program, you know, we went by the acronym family. You know, that was our that was our team name, but. The reason we went by that was not just to wear a family. You know, it's faith, accountability, motivation, integrity, leadership, and youthfulness. Mm. You know, and I've had people like, well, well, youthfulness, why is that? I said, because at the end of the day, they're still kids. You know, I said, yeah, this basketball thing, this is about competition. It's about being competitive. It's about, you know, going out there, giving you all. But at the end of the day, I still want you to be a kid. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. You know, still do kid things. You know, I'm not, I don't want you to come out here and be an adult. That's not your job. That's my job. That's your parents' job. You know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, 
trusting your faith. You know, whatever God you pray to, by all means, trust, trust in your faith. But also understand that we're going to be accountable no matter where we're on the court or off the court. You know, but we also got to be motivated at what we want. You know, if you're going to be playing this game of basketball, you got to be motivated to eat, sleep, and breathe this thing. You know, Absolutely. or football, um, you know, track, baseball, whatever the sport may be, you know, be motivated at it, you know, but do it with integrity. Because at the end of the day, you are always going to be under the microscope. 100%. You know, so that integrity is going to be the more important thing. And what happens when it comes to your leadership? Do you have your leadership? You know, because in this program, everybody's going to have to be a leader, no matter what the case may be, whether you're the head coach, assistant coach, strength coach, uh, team captain, you know, JV captain, whatever the case may be, your leadership is important. But again, at the end of the day, still be a kid and have fun. That's that youthfulness. So, like, when I broke that down, you know, to my That's kids good. and That's to my good. parents, they were just like, oh, wow, that that makes sense. But it, and I needed them to understand, that's what I mean by embodying a family. You know, family is important. You know, we're going to be family no matter what the case may be. And I and all my parents can tell you, um, I treat all those kids like they're my daughters. And they all going to get treated the same. <laughs> you know, I, I, t- I talked to the parent yesterday. And, you know, her her exact words to me was, she said, you know, what I love about you and what I love about, you know, her AAU coaches, y'all treat her the same. You get on her the same exact way. You you know, these were the things that you did for her, and I appreciate it. She said, and that's what's real about it. She says, I don't know if other coaches can do that with her. Mm. You know, like, that just made me feel good because it was a testament to saying you did something right. You know, so that's where, you know, for me, building, you know, for basketball sense, that's where my core values was built on, that faith, accountability, motivation, integrity, leadership, and youthfulness. Man, that's good, man. That's that's it. <coughs> I, I'm similar with what you guys said, um, family, faith. Um, but one of the things I, I, I wanted to get across to my young men, because, you know, I coach boys, was I want them to be productive citizens. Mm. And I wanted to teach them how the world would look at them when they were done and how that the education was important, that it wasn't just sports. Yeah, I wanted my kids to go to school for basketball and get scholarships and stuff like that. But I also let them know the numbers, man. I would, I would have, like, these little workshops with them where I would show them the percentages of kids that don't make it. Mm. <laughs> so just trying to keep it real, you know. Right, and I, absolutely. And I told them, you know, I was a pretty good player. I ain't make it either. You know, my brother was a pretty good player. He didn't make it. Like, it's... There's countless guys, man, that average 30 and 25 and went to play D1 and got to get jobs. Mm-hmm. So for the thing for me, man, was really trying to produce productive citizens, man, like to really teach them how to be men, how to carry themselves. Like we would dress up for away games. That's something that I implemented when I went to uh, Highland. You know, we wear shirts and ties and we went to different schools. Like, Coach, why we got to do that all the time? Like, you know, that's I want y'all to know that you got to dress up sometimes when you're going for an interview or when you're doing certain things. So. Those are things that, I, of course, I want them to be competitive and, and relentless and not giving up and things like that. But I really wanted my young men to know how to be men when they got out of high school, man. Because I always told them, man, this stuff goes by quick. You mm. know, you, you think you're a freshman and you got all these four years. Man, them four years fly by. They fly by. Next thing you know, you're in college. And next thing you know, you got to get a job. And I have countless guys come back to me now, man. They got kids and they got jobs and they're doing their thing. And the first thing, and the funny thing is, the one kid that I kicked off the team, he ended up playing football for Coastal Carolina. 
He came to me one day and he said, Coach, when you kicked me off the team, that was one of the most important moments of my life. Like, it changed who I was because I realized mm. it wasn't just about sports. You know, it was about life. And I was bringing the team down, and you showed me what a, being a teammate should look like. Mm. And he ended up, man, having a good career in football at Coastal Carolina, man. He's a father now. And those are the type of moments that when we're as coaches, we love to see. Absolutely. Like we love to see our former players, man, being productive citizens, good jobs, Absolutely. having a family, doing their thing. And they, maybe they ain't making it in the sport, 100%. but they're still doing their thing in life. And that's that's one of the things I want to do as a coach. I think that, that those are the things that when it's all said and done, we're not going to be measured off of wins and losses. We're going to be measured off of how many good people that we yep. produce but based off of our level of leadership as mm -hmm. coaches. Um, so you gotta keep the main thing the main thing. Of course, sometimes it's easy to get lost in the, uh, in the in the opposite, the oasis of wins and losses. But how many are you going to funerals constantly because mm. your players are dying? Right. You know, are you making poor decisions, or are you replicating good men and good women mm -hmm. that are able to be productive parents? You know, everybody wants to go pro, but be a pro dad, be a pro uh, citizen. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> all those things are important. So yeah, it does sound. A bit cliche, but those are the main important things. This thing's a platform at the end of the day. Right. And are we using the platform to the best of our ability to replicate good people? And that's the key. Yep. Yeah, and, 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 you know, just to go back on what you said as far as good people, you know, I had a, a young lady, actually two of them to be exact, um, that ran track for me at Overbrook. Um, one of them is actually working on a dual masters down in wow. Florida, mm. you know, and, and I, I so had my saw her in uh, one of the stores one day and she's like, Hey coach, how are you? And I'm like, you know, how have you been? How's life? She's like, I'm doing great. I'm actually moving down to Florida for school. Cause I'm working on a dual masters. And I like, and I looked at her like a deer in headlights. I'm like, Oh, mm. what? Like, first off, I have my master's degree. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I know how tough that was. To right. Get. And you're telling me you work in a dual masters. That's just, again, you're talking about somebody that was a great person. Another student, same thing, um, you know, is at a school in South Carolina working on her master's program. Mm. You know, and again, you know, and these were athletes. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like, what, what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, I'm going to use football, you know, as a perfect example. You know, there's over a million high school students that play football. Mm. And I don't think anybody knows, but the percentage of that million that play Division One football Two point nine percent. The percentage of that million that plays Division Two football, two point one percent. Wow, it drops. Mm. You know, so at the end of the day, is it, everybody? Oh, I want my kid to play out of Bama, out at Alabama. Okay, I know a six foot four, three hundred and sixty five pound kid that ain't playing in Alabama. <laughs> everybody can't go to Alabama. Yep. Everybody can't go to Georgia. You know. But guess what? Everybody can be a good person. Mm. You know, every kid can be a good man, a good young lady, you know, whatever the case may be. So at the end of the day, like, the number one thing is just being a good person at yep. the end of the day. Yep. You know, like, I I have people all the time tell me, you know, I, I had a conversation with my uncle uh, who lives in California the other day on the phone, and, and his exact words, he says, I brag mm. to people out here mm. about how well my sister's three sons are. Mm. And I'm and they don't know me from a can of paint. Wow. They I I can't I'm gonna be honest, the last time I visited my uncle in California, I was ten or eleven. 
trip. Ten or eleven. Road you know, oh, I, listen, I'm already planning. <laughs> I got I got to go out and see my man. Yeah. Um, but just to hear him say that, you know, speaks volumes. Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I love my uncle. We talk all the time, you know. But him saying, you know, I brag to people out here about y'all. You know, like that makes me feel good because that tells me that my parents did something right. Keep the main thing the main thing, man. You know, keep establishing, keep stacking. The type of person who you are is you're constantly you're in a fishbowl. Your mm-hmm. kids are measuring you. They they trust me. They're going to tell you five, ten, fifteen years from now, and they watch. You know, you always not always get the thank yous right away from your players. Yes. You know, uh, to see one of my former players be a be a police officer in the, in the inner city where mm-hmm. uh, where he grew up in is was. I'm like, wow, like yeah. this is crazy. That you know is what I'm saying? Crazy. To hear some of the success stories and guys like, oh, you don't remember me. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. What's, what's your name again, bro? Like, right, right. I, I don't know if y'all had that, but I've been having that a lot lately. Like, Coach Scott. Yep. And I'm like, who is this joker right I here? Like, I I gotta, just, <laughs> listen, I, I'm going to tell y'all now. All the time. If I hit you with the family, what's good? Yeah. I'm I sorry I forgot your name. <laughs> All right, I'm just. Or you be like, and, "What's and, up, bro?" But I'm yeah. letting you know. Listen, I remember you. Your face familiar. Yeah. Y- yeah. Energy is familiar. I just forgot your name. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if I'm addressing you as family, was good. You mm-hmm. obviously mean something to me. I'm just being honest because I don't use that word family loosely. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving you a heads up now on this podcast. If I hit you with the family, was good. I apologize ahead of time. Change I forgot your else, name. Like, they then gave away the secret. But nah, hey. but it's, it's a reality. We, we, you know, we come across so many 65, 70 men, young men a year, mm. top minimum, like hundreds yes. of kids a year. Yeah. But you're, you know, 10, 15 years from down, down the line, you're like, connect the dots. And I'm like, yeah. you know, one kid in a while, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, bro. Nah, coach, you you told me this. They remember the the, the exact. These kids don't forget the exact mark. Yeah. They don't forget. I remember one kid told me, "Coach, you did this, 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 and this." And I was like, "Oh my!" I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you forever changed my life. You was right though. I appreciate it. So like, kids are always gonna remember what you did for them. Hands down. Hands you know, down. if you looking, you know, stop looking for what we can get out of the kid, but look for what you can invest into them, and, and then see. What's your what it, what your legacy produces, man? What what does it right. produce? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, so um Coach Lang, do you have anything else on that topic? Nah, I'm good, bro. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that that that's really it um for this episode. Uh, you know, we hope we you know, we again, everybody, we are doing this, you know, really just to encourage everyone. Um especially young coaches getting into the game, some that have made may have never coached in high school before and now are looking to get into high school coaching, you know, some that have been coaching high school for a couple of years and just kind of looking for other ways to become positive role models and positive young, you know, leaders um, to these young men, young women, you know. So, you know, if there's anything, you know, that we can do for, you know, our audience out there, our listeners out there, any topics that you guys would like us to speak on that we've experienced in our life um, as coaches, please reach out to us, whether it's on our individual Instagram pages or, you know, right here on our From the Sideline podcast. Um, you know, we would greatly appreciate it. And again, we appreciate everybody for listening and tuning in, you know, each week and 
you know, we want to thank you ahead yeah. of time. Support, support, you. support. We appreciate that. Yes, support. please support. Share this out. Send it to people. Send it to people in North Dakota. You know, I know it's only about 22 houses out there in the whole state. <laughs> but, you know, share it out there. You know, you, you never know who who you can touch. Coach Coy, it wasn't know. me, man. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. That's him. That's him now. <laughs> Love you, Coach. You know that. You know, you're my guy, Coach. You, you're my guy, man. Um, but still, you know, understand, you know, we, we appreciate you guys, you know, for supporting us. And, you know, that is us, and we are signing out. Thank you.